Welcome to Acquisitions Anonymous, the internet's number one podcast about buying and selling small businesses. Uh, today, Mills and I, Michael Gurdley, uh, talked about a cool deal in Florida, which is a full-service marina uh, that we think is somewhere around the Sarasota area. So uh, a lot of double-clicking on stuff in there, and we learned a lot about what was going on, and also dug in and had some pretty fun insights. So uh, with no further ado... Uh, here is uh, the episode of us talking about this particular marina down in Florida. Tons of fun, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. All right, Mills, I have two things for you. One, I got I got us a banger deal to go through. You're going to appreciate this a lot. I will read it in just a second. Number two, this will be the last episode that I do without having uh, LED lights behind me. I ordered a whole like YouTube style rainbow light system. So I hope you're ready. Hope you take your, hope you take your meds because these, these episodes are going to be psychedelic as far as I'm concerned going forward. You're just going to continue to level up. And I'm basically on my USB mic and my <laughs> MacBook air computer, you know, camera. And, um, that, that's just, you know, more and more of, of what people should expect. I, I've, I have, I'm on a continual path of personal growth and this is what I bring in. Okay. So here's the deal. Here's the deal for today. Uh, I will pull it up here. Uh, it is a banger and it has me totally excited. So the title of this, um, and it is from our Mills, it is from our future sponsor by biz Cell, right? And you know how you could tell they're not a sponsor yet. It's because I'm not pronouncing their name correctly. When they become a sponsor, I will get their name correctly. I will go through therapy and I will call them by their real name. But they I have pulled so this one much up. upside with the sponsorship opportunity. So many things. So many things. Um, all right. So here's the deal. It's on uh, Bybusel. I pulled it up here. The listing. The title is South Florida Resort and Marina Dash Turnkey and Profitable. And it says it's in Florida. They're asking two million or twenty million dollars for it. It has a picture of a marina. And uh, a, a pretty empty marina, actually. Uh, cash flow is $2 million on $7 million in gross revenue. They have $2.5 million in furniture, fixtures, and equipment. And they value the real estate at $14 million. Uh, it was established in 1982, and it's in Florida. So here's some more about it in the description. Fresh and saltwater marina with access to both the Gulf and the Atlantic. So you get two marinas in one. World-famous fishing and boating resort and marina being offered for sale or joint venture redevelopment for the first time in over 40 years. This profitable family-owned fishing resort is the only commercial marina connecting the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean. This resort is very well received by visitors and is often sold out during the season. It has a strong social media presence and gets tremendous positive reviews online. The potential exists to further develop the business into a world-class destination resort and entertainment complex. Existing amenities include full-service restaurants serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, full liquor tiki bar, asterisk, tiki bar, <laughs> hotel rooms. I mean, that's the tiki bars worth $20 million just by itself. Hotel rooms, guest cottages, gift, bait and tackle shops, RV park, fuel service and repairs, and much, much more. Dockage includes 80 plus wet slips plus over a thousand feet of floating dock to accommodate yachts up to 125 foot with room for significant expansion. Available for sales, an ongoing profitable business with a primary 14 or plus or minus acres of land providing plenty of room to modernize and expand as part of a much larger redevelopment when combined with ad available adjacent parcels of up to 400 acres to accommodate tourists, blah, blah, blah. Local authorities and the government have identified the marina and adjacent property as their top priority and the primary interests for development of regional impact, strategic 
blah, blah, blah. And it's uh, less than one hour of car from the two wealthiest cities in Florida with the two hours of a population of 7 million people. Puts it in a class of its own. And uh, yeah, let's see if they have anything else here that's interesting. New owners willing to be a partner in the new thing. And then interestingly enough, um, interestingly enough, they do have a link to the business website and you click on it at sevenfunds.com. Um, I think and I'll this is this somebody who's representing them because this is this, like a, yeah, they, it shows like portfolio companies, but this is not listed in their portfolio. Yeah. So I don't know how that works. They have, um, it looks like they have some funds and, um, one's like a venture capital fund. The other one's a pharmaceutical fund. It's just a guy company. who's helping these people sell this, this Christopher Kogan guy. Yeah, we think that's listed it. as the contact. Yeah, he's like the he's like the main guy from this GP Seven Funds dot com. So this looks like okay. So the listing one here looks like Seven Funds, and then and maybe it's this thing that he's talking about here. It has listed under Kogan Realty Siesta Point. Maybe that's the name of what this is. Uh, maybe I could Google Siesta Point and figure it out. So this is also for those of you listening, kind of the fun of uh, looking at these deals is you're trying to figure out like what the heck's going on and who owns this stuff. And you can try to put together the story of the whole thing. Yeah. So here it is. Siesta key looks like where it is. Um, Fuel and bait book now. And I guess Siesta key is one of the keys headed down towards, um, towards key West or what are we looking at here? Um, Oh, it's over by Sarasota is what we're looking at. So I have no idea. So how does that connect the Atlantic ocean and the, (laughs) In the Gulf of Mexico. I was trying to figure. I was trying to figure that out in the description. <laughs> yeah, because they, they say it's it, it's the Atlantic Ocean, the Gulf of Mexico. T- so to me, and I've pulled it up on the map, the only place that actually works is if you're at the precise point where the Gulf of Mexico becomes the Atlantic Ocean, which is like Key West, right? That's that's where it is. Yeah, it's like the same place that you could probably just go like out into the ocean and make the switch. You could go like inland and and make the switch, but. I, that's such a weird, I don't know. That, that's a weird uh, thing to hype as a part of the listing, but yeah. Well, anyway, maybe, maybe the broker just has no clue. Those are all definitely possible things. The, um, so the thing I think about this, and I'm definitely interested in your opinion, um, since I've done 98% of the talking so far in this episode, so I will shut up in a second, but like from a real estate yield standpoint, this is actually pretty good, right? Like it's a $20 million deal, right? And basically it is a, from a real estate perspective, it's a 10 cap. It's flowing cash flowing 10% of the yield um, of the asking price. Like not bad, right? You lever this up, you do 60%, 70% loan to loan to loan to value. Um, and maybe you're getting 20%, 18% return on your money. Um, now you have, you do have the hassle of you are operating a tiki bar, uh, in Florida, which is not exactly the, the most painless thing to do, uh, given the nature of customers and employees in Florida. But like, you know, this at first glance, I'm like, Hey, this looks pretty good. What, what am I missing? I think those margins, they, they do seem somewhat reasonable, you know, the 2 million on 7 million for a Marina like this. Um, I would be very, very curious about you know, the sources of their revenue, you know, they hype the Tiki bar. I I bet the Tiki bar, you know, is from a contribution standpoint is, you know, less than 1% of revenue. That would be a lot of, that'd be a lot of, um, my ties or whatever. Um, but you know, more than likely this is just a Marina business and they've, they've tacked some ancillary revenue onto the sides of it, maybe like a restaurant, 
they may or may not own the restaurant though. Like you gotta, you gotta understand in this situation, what exactly are you buying? Uh, it may be that they just own a bunch of real estate and they turn around and lease, you know, a building that they own or ground lease. I mean, who knows, but the thing that strikes me about this one is this is one of those deals that this owner has probably been convinced for the last 30 years is about to happen. It's imminent. This thing's going to be redeveloped. The city's on board. We just have to put together funding. It's going to be a huge destination. And for 30 years, it's never come to fruition. So the, the big key to me would be getting in there and figuring out what is real versus what is pro forma about this listing? Because I am a little bit skeptical about the $2 million in cash flow on it, but I would, I would just want to know what is actual, what's historical, and what are they projecting if all this kind of, you know, other development, I mean, they're talking about 400 acre developments, those things, you know, that's just total pie in the sky. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of where, you know, I think a situation like this, it's helpful to have been listening to kind of what's going on in private equity and real estate and stuff like that. And, you know, buying and understanding kind of the pricing power that marinas have, you know, I tweeted about that, I guess, two or three weeks ago when I was on vacation. And uh, I don't, did you see that one where I tweeted about the little marina that's the only marina on a lake? Yep. Yeah. And like it's the only marina on a lake and i looked at it and i was like why are these guys selling gas for the same price as the gas station like this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen like <laughs> literally gas at the gas station where you had to drive get, pull your boat out of the water drive it over there was 4.99 and these guys were selling it for 5.29 like it just made no sense whatsoever but i think you know this is where you can look and think okay well pe has discovered and you know and asset managers of real estate have discovered real estate or discovered the power of these marinas, right? You have like a unique position. You, you there's only so many places you can build them. Uh, people have to like, you know, have to you, choose you or something or nothing else, right? In terms of refueling their boat or getting food or whatever. So you have tons of pricing power because your customers have a, a big search cost to go find like the the alternatives. So you have to ask yourself like, why is this on biz by or by biz sell? Exactly. Exactly. And there what, has been what, so much consolidation yeah. here. The fact that it makes it onto this tells you that it doesn't fit in the strike zone for the professional buyers out there who do these in their sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So your thesis in glancing at this is in the first place you would look is, is this 2 million in cash flow real? Yeah. Yeah. And I, because- I would be willing to bet that, you know, it's, it's probably either heavily, heavily adjusted or it's a lot of pro forma you know, Hey, once you do the slip expansion and once you put in, you know, uh, a restaurant or whatever, you know, all, all this thesis that they have about, about how this thing's going to be this hot destination and this huge, you know, multi-phase development. I just, it doesn't pass the sniff test for me. Yeah. So where's the seventh fun? Can we, do we think it's really South of Sarasota? Oh, they are in Sarasota. So Sarasota, Siesta Key Marina. It looks like it's kind of it. I think this is, does this kind of look like it? I don't know. And I, you got to wonder if the listing is actually really this picture. Yeah. See, they say, I mean, they have numerous buildings, the main marina, office, gift shop, restaurant, bar, motel, cottages, and boat sales and service facilities. Mm-hmm. What, and they have 25 employees. So it's not you know unreasonable to think that they are owning and operating all these things, which you know, if, if you get a taste and a flavor for Marina 
management, right? It's probably fairly passive. Uh, there's marina management companies who can come in and run these things probably much better than you can as an owner operator. That is a drastically different business than running a motel you know, at the beach or running a restaurant at a marina or running a gift shop. So I think you could probably really look at this thing and figure out where is most of the revenue coming from, where is most of the cash flow coming from, and how do you kind of uh, force rank what business you want to be in out of the, you know, eight different businesses that they operate here. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Okay. So we've got the business listed by Christopher Kogan and then seven funds is appears to be associated with Christopher Kogan who then yeah, they're like a their, GP. Yeah. Like Kogan realty. So this looks like his Christopher Kogan. This looks like his day job running Kogan realty. And then along the side, they've done the whole like, okay, let's uh, let's raise some funds uh, and get into you know technology investing and all this kind of stuff. Um, which they also like to. have Corsa Seven Motorsports, which it says the Kogan's family, the Kogan family's involvement with classic motor cars began four decades ago as a hobby. Having inherited their father's love for all things mechanical, Chris and his brothers began collecting and restoring racing, showing cars. So. These are just, it's just a wealthy family and they, you know, of course they own some vehicles. Uh, they own some real estate, you know, they have started investing in some, you know, Embera neurotherapeutics. Like it, this is just a total hodgepodge of a family office. And, um, they're like, Hey, you know, the Marina, let's, let's see if somebody wants to buy the Marina. Um, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, you got one kid who is a broker it looks like. And, uh, he probably, you know, in a situation like this, he probably went to dad or the other folks and said, Hey, if I could get us $20 million, so double market for this, this Marina that's underperforming or marginally performing, would you, uh, would you guys be okay with me selling it and taking a commission? And I bet they all said yes, which aligns with the story that, this two million in cash flow, which makes this twenty million dollar asking price seem totally reasonable, uh, may just be fantasy land. I bet you talk to this guy Christopher, and he tells you, "Well, you know, like COVID affected stuff a lot, and we had the wrong manager in there, and they're really only making we're only really netting six hundred grand a year. But you know, like with the right manager and a little marketing, and you know, you get a Facebook account, you could get this to two million super easy." Yeah, yeah, that's the, way. Yeah. <laughs> that's the story we, you're going to hear. When on we one. update the motel and, you know, rebrand the restaurant, you know, he also he also apparently has a fund, Thamelios yeah. 2, a venture capital fund, but they started Healthy Earth, which Healthy Earth, the company was founded in late 2013 by Christopher Kogan and the team at Seven Holdings with the goal of becoming the leading sustainable foods company in the United States. Like, it's just, this is just random. This is just all random stuff that they're doing. Uh, I appreciate that, by the way. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with that. Personally, Whoa. they they uh, acquired the aquaculture division of a marine laboratory, which was the second largest producer of sturgeon, fish, and caviar in the U.S. This is amazing. So they're they're a sustainable food company, but it's all fish, wild caught mullet. <laughs> you can't make this up. <laughs> this is amazing. And they were a finalist in the international fish competition. <laughs> then, so they acquired three different fisheries in three years or uh, fish businesses. 
And then in 2016, they went around and agreed to sell the whole thing to somebody else, but they don't say who bought it. <laughs> it's just like, okay, we sold this stuff that we bought. <laughs> um, that is fascinating. Uh, yeah. I, it would be worth it. Like if you're in this area, you should absolutely look this, look this Marina up, sign an NDA, go meet this guy. Cause I bet he's epic. On their latest news on their website, their Ferrari won uh, a top award at Cavalino Medina 2021. Oh, dude, they have a YouTube video. Oh, there's totally a video on this later. <laughs> uh, so if, oh, they if have you're in this area and you're looking, you're looking for a play. Yeah, it's him and three other people. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, so it's Chris and Kurt Kogan, the two brothers, and then they have a CFO and an EA. They look like really nice people. This is kind of what, when I, when I imagine established wealthy Florida business family, this is kind of the pictures I expect to come up in. It's like in the dictionary. They, that owns a Marina and exotic cars and, you know, they run a hotel and, and bar. Hey, today's sponsor is more now, and you can find them at more now.co and they are friends of the podcast. Greg and his partners, uh, there, uh, they specialize in helping businesses of all size, uh, build overseas teams made of folks that aren't just your standard VAs, uh, but are above and beyond in terms of experience, seniority, and all that kind of stuff. So um, look at my notes here. They do all kinds of stuff, uh, accountants, supply chain managers, operations. So everything from specialized individual contributors up to directors and above, um, all located offshore uh, and really a good resource for small businesses and businesses of all size uh, trying to build out their teams, especially in today's super tight uh, labor market. Um, they'll go and, and help you find talent across the, across the globe. Uh, definitely encourage you to check out morenow.co. Uh, Greg and his friends have been great partners to the podcast uh, and are really part of helping us grow this. So go check them out, morenow.co. Uh, tell them that Acquisitions Anonymous sent you. Thanks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And all because dad probably you know, owned one apartment building in Boston and then picked up and uh, relocated to Florida in the fifties before anybody else did. And just started buying stuff cheap and holding on to it. And you look up now and they're holding a billion dollars worth of real estate. Like just, just, I think it's worth, cool. it's worth discussing though. Like, is there a way that this deal ever gets done? Yeah. Who in their right mind could buy and operate a $20 million Marina in, you know, kind of a, I wouldn't say an obscure part of Florida. Right. But this isn't like, Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Um, the, the type of people who can do this deal are not signing up to, you know, to run the motel and run the Marina and, you know, run the Tiki bar, so to speak. Yeah. I think their only hope here, they talk about the extent of additional land that they have nearby. Um, I guess they kind of hint about that, that there's, there's the land they have. They said here how much land they had, but they they have 14 acres, but there's 400 acres nearby. Yeah, so a lot of developable, developable land, and this is down Sarasota way, so it's pretty, it's pretty down there on the Gulf Coast. Uh, what what happens is somebody buys this or somebody does this deal, they do it at a discount to asset value for the land, not the operating business, and they probably you know scrape the entire parcel and redevelop it, but it 
they're making it sound easy, right? In this, in this deck, of course, that's, that's the job of the person who's pitching the deal, but, um, these deals don't happen overnight and they, they don't happen without just a tremendous amount of blood, sweat and tears, which is why the people who do them, this is what they focus on. They, you know, they, they own and operate and flip and develop marinas because it's a set playbook that you definitely want to, you don't want this to be your first go at it. This has got a hundred percent the hallmark of a deal with a wealthy, educated seller who doesn't need to sell, but is very clear that they will make a sale when somebody makes them a screaming deal. And uh, I think that's what you're looking at here. Based on that, you know, as a value buyer personally, uh, I would just kind of keep clicking <laughs> past this one and, and wait until wait wait for a better pitch. Uh, then look at this deal. I mean, I guess if you win the lottery and your dream is to go buy a Florida marina, live there and run it into the ground, this would be a good buy for you. Um, maybe if you have like an alcohol problem and you want to own a tiki bar as part of that deal and you win the lottery. So the, the buyer universe is pretty, pretty narrow. I think we've, we've talked about my, my history of being exposed to people who end up buying places like this as a hobby, you know, like a, a Bahamian seaside resort husband and wife team, it's usually the sign the marriage is on the rocks or somebody has an alcohol problem. Those, those are the two reasons those things get bought. But yeah, I think that's the only buyer that would be looking at something like this. Um, you know, or eventually there's somebody that comes in and can pay this to redevelop the thing. It looks like if this picture is what it is, there's a bunch of mobile homes on here, some shacks, um, some old apartments. There's an RV like, park, they say, bait and yeah. tackle shop. <laughs> yeah, it looks it's yeah. like complex. Maybe eventually to where West Coast of Florida and the East Coast gets built up so much that you come in here and, you know, I think there's, a, you know, I think it'd be realistic for somebody that's doing a high density condo development to make something like this work. I mean, if it's part of a $250 million project, then $20 million for the land is not a big deal, um, especially as difficult as it is to open a new marina. I mean, that's something we haven't really talked about. Like the value here is, uh, environmentally, regulatory, like good luck Permitting. opening a new marina yeah. anywhere. Like you're just not. Yeah, you're not going to. You're not going to get a new permit for a marina without going through years of just brain damage with the local municipality. Uh well, and as you can see in all these municipalities, like there will be one person who will sue you and hold up the whole thing, a la the reason nothing gets built in California. Um, you know, that's definitely, that that's definitely going to happen here. The second you try to dredge up or dig up one little corner or one acre of whatever, like you're, you're in big trouble. Um, but yeah, I mean, like kudos to these guys, they have a generational asset, something that's, you know, their dad probably bought for a hundred grand in 1965 and, you know, it's been cash flowing ever since and more power to them to take the money and run. If somebody's willing to pay for it, I say, you know, yeah. I'm not going to blame the, not going to blame the player here. You know, blame the yeah. game. It, it's the type of thing that is fantastic. Well, it's probably somewhere between mediocre and fantastic to own, but it's impossible to buy. Totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the other thing is, you know, I hear on Twitter all the time, people are like, I'm going to leave like a huge fortune to my children and I want to make life easy for them. Like, this is a pretty reasonable outcome there. You know, I think we've seen the bad outcomes if you leave kids too much money and make life too easy for them. But just recognize if you do leave your kids a million dollar a year producing generational asset, they may start blowing it all on random Ferraris that they enter in Italian <laughs> Italian races <laughs> yeah. over it that are just like, what? Who's doing this? So have you ever heard about these like super high-end fishing contests that happen in in um, in Mexico? Do you know about these for the ultra wealthy? Have you heard about these? I have uh, 
I have a friend who's a, a basically a captain for for somebody like that. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, this is how it works. Let's say you're stupid wealthy, like you have $150 million in cash and you don't know what you're doing with your life uh, and you own a $2 million boat. So they will have these contests that happen mostly down in Mexico. So you have your captain fire your boat up and drive it on down there, spend 200 grand on diesel uh, to get the boat there. And then uh, you they run these massive fishing contests where all these rich people pay hundreds of but thousands you fly. of dollars. If you're, you, if you're the rich oh, yeah. guy, you fly down there. You don't, you don't go in the boat. Yeah. Look, Mills. If you're once you reach a certain level of wealth, you have the boat is not for you to ride in. The boat is just for you to show to other rich people uh, when you when you get around there. That's how this works. Uh, but yes, you fly down there, you get on your boat, you go out for a day with some captains and some experts, and then whoever comes back with the biggest fish wins like three million bucks. Like that's how these that's how these things work. I've never been, by the way. I don't get invited to this stuff, but I know enough rich people now that they're like, "Guess what I did last weekend?" I'm like, "No shit, tell me, tell me what you did." They're like, "Yeah, I went hunting marlin down in down in Florida. I won two million dollars in a fishing contest." It's like, what? Just rich people do weird stuff, and they could do it out of your merida when you buy this mills. Think about the possibilities. Think about the most play. Actually, you know what I want to own? We need to find how to own the rich people fishing contest business. We need to do that on a future deal. <laughs> that would be a banger. All right. Uh, do, do we hate anything else about this? Is there anything we like about this? It's near the water. They have a nice picture. I, I think it's worth the site visit to talk to the, to the guy, to talk to the family. That it would be, you, would, you would remember this site visit for the rest of your life. Do not mention this podcast when you go. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, okay, here's the deal. For any listeners who go and tour this, send me photos and a copy of your bill at the Tiki Bar, and I will reimburse you for it. That's the deal. That's the deal. We'll do it for challenge, our, we, we got to give the people accepted. what they want. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that is it. Anything else on this one, Mills? No, no. Uh, please let us know if you go. Please visit our sponsor and shop from them. They're paying for all the editing and um, stuff we're doing with this. Uh, and so be super helpful in our never-ending quest to break even. Uh, and also do us a favor right now. Open up your podcast app. Uh, go on Apple uh, Apple Podcast and leave us a review. Uh, we would love that. It will help us spread the word of whatever our cause is to more people. So we would really appreciate it. And we'll catch you all next week.